Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Asians Talking Puck. We want to apologize for the short break we took. I was out with sickness, and I'll let Josiah explain his absence in a little bit. But before we get there, I'm really excited to announce that today is Playoff Predictions Day. So we'll be making all of our picks for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which kick off on Monday. And then on our social media accounts, we'll be posting our full brackets so you guys can make fun of us when you want to. Um, But without further ado, Josiah, why don't you take it away and explain why we had a bit of a break? Yeah, so unfortunately, both of us just happened to get hit with certain things uh, coincidentally at the same time. I was out with a concussion playing hockey, so unfortunately, that means I couldn't really get around to uh, to editing too much. But yeah, as Ahan said, the uh, the playoffs start as today, as the day you're hearing this, so Monday. Uh, we will have our brackets up, and uh, yeah, so let's just hop right into here. Let's start out uh, in the Eastern Conference with the very first uh, matchup, which is going to be the Florida Panthers versus the Washington Capitals. So I'm going to start out here with my overall prediction for this series, and then I'll let Ahan say his prediction, and then we'll dive into why. Um, so for me, I'm going to say Florida takes this one in five. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit uh, less favorable to the Capitals than you are. I think this is going to be a sweep, so get the brooms out. The Capitals are just... I cannot see them having any success in this series against a Florida team that is far better than they are. Now, I know the season split was 1-1-1, but um, consider that the Capitals are dropping games left and right. They don't really have a strong defense at all. And uh, their goaltending is a mess, and they're going up against the President's Trophy winning team. This isn't like Columbus versus the Lightning a few years ago, where Columbus actually had a decent-looking team with some good goaltending and some stars. No, this is a team that doesn't have the goaltending, does not have any defense whatsoever, um, and is really relying on four players to maybe keep them in this series. So yeah, another um, once you get into the keys... Uh, yeah, before I hop into the keys, another really interesting thing about uh, the Capitals this year is uh, their power play percentage has not been top tier. And, you know, special special teams are something you rely on so heavily uh, in the postseason. And you would think having Ovechkin, you have a good power play, but uh, no, they actually haven't had too great of a power play. So uh, yeah, that's another thing to just take into consideration here. So uh, as we are going to go break down into the keys for this series here for each team, I'm going to start off with the uh, the regular season uh, split here. So it was 1-1-1 uh, for, for the two teams. So, you know, pretty, pretty even even there um yeah for the panthers the keys are going to be uh yeah they have a lot of offense and you're going to want to use that to your advantage and just overwhelm that capitals defense uh you know because the caps defensive core admittedly is not not great um and then the second thing is just going to be they're going to want to shut down that top six because the the capitals do admittedly have a, a fairly strong top six um, you know, obviously you got the likes of Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov and uh, Wilson, players like that. So, you know, if, if you can stop... I know My boy Oshie, Oshie some love. Yeah, I forgot. I, go, I, <laughs> I completely oh, no. forgot. Yeah, no, no, no. Oshie, Oshie's definitely... Oh, and definitely uh, also Mantha. Yeah, that's right. Mantha too. Um, so, yeah, and those those guys can be scary if they get rolling. Uh, but, you know, shutting that down. And I think Florida's defense is pretty solid, so... You know, I feel like they're a very well-built team all around. 
Um, yeah, which kind of leads us into our third point here, which is you don't want to let the Caps get momentum because they've shown this year that if they can get the ball rolling, they can they can they can start scoring and score a lot. And Florida's really going to want to to shut that down before they get started. So I'm going to hand it over to uh, Han now for the keys for the Capitals in this series. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not very favorable towards the Capitals in the series. <laughs> but uh, if they get lucky and find a way to get momentum first, then they have a chance. Um, luck is a really interesting thing to think about in terms of the playoffs. You get some good calls, some nice bounces, and all of a sudden you somehow find yourself up in a game that you shouldn't be up in. Um, the next aspect is their defense needs to be very, very, very good. I can't express how important this is. When you face a team like Florida that's star-studded and has so much depth, the defense has to hold up all three pairings. Um, they've struggled with that this year, as we've seen. Um, and if they can somehow top the Cats' offense, if they can outscore their problems, if um, that top six can just be magical, then then they have a chance, but think about how crazy that is. The goaltending has to be good as well. I didn't mention that. But if you somehow have that, and your defense is somehow unbelievably um, good and responsible and they don't give up anything, then you also have to have your top six at the same time be ridiculous to the point at which they're outscoring the highest scoring team in the league. Um, so I think it's I think it's pretty clear from the outset what this series is going to look like. Um, do you want to head out west for a matchup, or do you want to go through the east? Yeah, let's head out west to switch it up real quick here. Sure. Um, yeah, so we're going to go to the other seemingly lopsided one. We're going to start out with those. So we're going to go with the Colorado Avalanche versus the Nashville Predators. So... Yeah, there's this one definitely seems a little lopsided. Uh, so my prediction for this is that the Avalanche are going to beat the Preds in four or five. Uh, you know, I would say four, but there's so much just parody in this sport that I feel I feel like Nashville could just with a little bit of luck one night take one. Um, but yeah, off to you for, for your prediction. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous for this series. Um, I think the Avs should beat the Predators fairly quickly. But um, over the last 10 games, the Avs have struggled a bit. Um, they've had a number of mounting injuries in the top six and the defense. Guys are resting. Um, there's been a bit of chaos. Um, also, they have nothing to play for after they clinch. So, you know, you see the guys, they, they're mentally checking out. Um, so I wasn't happy with that. Um, and you always want to go into playoffs hot, which they're not going to be. Um, but if they can get a good message and get the momentum first, then this series should go how I think it should go. I'm not going to say too much on that. Uh, I don't want to jinx us. But, um, yeah, it's important for the Avs just to get momentum first. That's the that's the biggest thing. Um, and I'll go through their keys and let you take the Preds. Um, the next thing is they need to capitalize on the power play. They didn't do that two, three nights ago. Um, uh, that is at the time of us recording. Um, they played the Preds and they lost um, in shootout after having a lead. Um and uh, the issue there was that they just had so many power plays, but they didn't capitalize on them. the Preds take the most penalties in the league. So the Avs have to punish that. And then the next thing is smart defensive reads. You just can't let Yossi, Granlin, Forsberg, Duchesne, Tolvin, and all those other players to um, generate speed and go through the neutral zone. Um, they're very capable players, as we've seen, and that's, that's the driver of their offense going on the rush and then setting up and trying to 
um, just pepper the goaltending with shots. Um, so that's one thing. And then that leads me to the last key, which is dominate the neutral zone. That's where the abs, that's where they have to go to work. If you can have Kel McCarr, Nathan McKinnon running the neutral zone as they like it, then you have Landis Gaga and uh, Rantanen setting up on the wings for one-timers, which is what they want. And it's the same thing if uh, if Burakovsky, Nachushkin, and Kadri are able to just run through the neutral zone, that's how they play. And, of course, the bottom six, um, they also all play through the neutral zone. Um, but why don't you talk about the Predators' keys? Yeah, so the first one, obviously kind of restating what you were saying about the uh, Predators taking a lot of penalties. Yeah stay out of the box is going to be key for them because you know, the, the abs power play is scary. Uh, I don't know if we brought it up in a previous episode, but there was a little clip that came out uh, a few weeks ago and it was, it was this insane abs power play where they were just constantly moving the puck around. So you want to stay out of the box. You know, you, you don't want to have to go up against this avalanche power play because it, it will beat you down. Um, so the second thing is going to be good goaltending. Now here's, Here's where this is uh, sketchy for the Predators because as of now, it doesn't look like Saros is going to be healthy to start. So that that's that is uh, that's not great for them. Obviously, you know Saros has has had a really great season this year. So you know um, you're going to want to be able to get some some decent goaltending um, from, from your backups there. If Saros uh, is playing this series, I would not be predicting it to be, I predict the series to be very close. If yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the third, the third key for them is going to be to just control the neutral zone. Cause again, you know, once the abs set up, that's, that's tough. Even at even strength, it's, they put so much pressure on you and, they, they break out so quickly that you really want to try and shut that down because if they get the puck in your zone, it's it's going to be hard to get it out. Um, and then, yeah, which kind of leads on to the fourth point, which is make sure the Avs defense uh, cannot enter the rush. Because, again, they have a lot of talent on that back end. You know, you've got the likes of especially, you know, Kel McCarr, who is sort of headlining that. And, you know, you really just don't want to, don't want to have – sort of that that threat there because that that gets that gets overwhelming very quickly and the abs are such a quick team um yeah do you have anything else you wanted to add to that yeah it, it'll be fun to watch yossi versus uh makar in the series yeah that is definitely. the norris trophy race um and i think you can choose either one whether it's the um the the defensive statistics paired with the goals of uh, makar or the just ridiculous point production from yossi yeah um there, there, there's no wrong answer there. Um, so yeah, let's let's head back out east. Um, and I'll, I'll set this one up for us. Uh, and this is one of the more interesting series, in my opinion. The Lightning taking on the Leafs. Mm. Now, the Lightning are seated lower than the Leafs. The Leafs are seated at two, Lightning at three. But in my opinion, the Lightning are definitely not the underdogs here. I think that's yeah, the Leafs. Yeah, I, I agree. You can't, you just can't afford to bet against the back-to-back champs no like, absolutely not this, um, and this team as proven to just hits another year in the playoffs like they i mean they, they were good last year in the regular season but when they hit the playoffs they almost seemed like a different beast and you know admittedly some of that's going to be because of the cap circumvention um but yeah no this is definitely going to be an interesting matchup here i'm i'm gonna say that the the lightning take it in six 
Yeah, I'm, on, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, maybe you could go five. You know, the, the Leafs are, um, if the Leafs don't get a good start, if their players aren't um, awake and they're not playing, which can sometimes seem like the case always for them in round one, then I think the Lightning clean this up very quickly. But uh, yeah, I'll let you take on the keys for this one because uh, there's some funny things to talk about with the with these teams. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start off with the keys for the Lightning in this series. So the first one is going to be to get offense from that middle and bottom six. Now, before I dive into a specific player, which we have in mind, um, one of the keys that the Lightning did that the Lightning really did well for the past two cups was their middle and bottom six were really good. I mean, you know, they don't have the likes of it was uh, uh, Goudreau and who is there's another bottom Coleman. Yeah. The two of them were sort of middle bottom six fours that they brought in at the deadline and they played really well for them. Now I believe they shipped them both off at this point. Um, So it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, We're going to mention here because we actually talked about this trade a lot a few weeks ago in the trade deadline episode, Brandon Hagel. Um, And if you want to read off his stats with the lightning post trade, because it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, there's some there's some really fun things to talk about when it comes to Brandon Hagel. Um, he was traded at the deadline, as we know, in that huge, huge package with the two first rounders and the prospects and all the rest of it. So with Chicago, I'll start before he was traded. He had 21 goals, 37 points, so minus 14 in 55 games. Very good stats. Um, a lot of goal production, but the shooting percentage was 22.3 percent. Um, abnormally high and we we talked about it we said that was kind of weird yeah we were and, we both predicted that that was going to go down yeah we thought maybe if he can stay close to 18 percent, that'd be crazy um he moves to tampa bay 22 games four goals three assists seven points still a minus four and uh that shooting percentage it's really good guys trust me it's it's so high at, <laughs> at the ripe 12.9 percent this player was absolutely worth two first round picks. It's yeah. not as though this was this was just an a, a, a stupid idea. There was no way that this guy was going to keep up a twenty two percent shooting yeah. percentage. I mean, it's hard to say because he d- does, I believe, still have some some year left on his term, right? But come um, on, for two first rounders, they paid yeah. for four I, I, goals. The only the only games? saving grace here with Tampa Bay that'll justify this trade is if he just goes as a complete dark horse sort of candidate for the playoffs and just for whatever reason goes off. He better or, or if else he just develops miserable. well next year. Cause he's young, but I don't know. I'm, I Come thought on, it was overpaid in, in some of the best drafts we're going to have in a while. Ones with Shane, Wright, Michkov, Bedard, you really want to put out two first. I mean, of course they're not going to have those top picks, but they put out, yeah, they put out picks that are going to get good guys. They're going to get very high-end players. Um, whoever has those picks now, I think it's Chicago's got them both. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't like that, um, but yeah. it is what it is. I, I think, yeah, it is very interesting. I think when it initially happened, I, I think we were also in the same boat. We were not – we didn't like that trade for Tampa Bay, but I think it definitely uh, – We said it had the potential to pan out if they win the Cup and he's a big part of it. Yeah. Now, okay, now here's the question. Here's the question. If Brandon Hagel does like all right in the playoffs, you know, not super great, but maybe he steps up his production a bit. Let's say Tampa wins a third cup. Do you justify the trade then? 
Well, you're gonna look like a genius um, <laughs> if he scores like if he scores like five goals in the playoffs. You'll look like a genius. So it'll be like yeah. this guy did what we needed of him. We had to pay up a lot, but now we're the first modern dynasty. Um, but I mean, I still if I were a Lightning fan and I'd be watching the draft a few a few weeks later, you know, seeing what do we do with the few picks we have. I'd, I'd be salty. I'd have a little bit of salt in my mouth knowing that they probably could have found someone else to give them that production. Yeah. I just can't imagine seeing him win like with a con Smythe. Like that's not, that's not realistic. Oh yeah. No, I, I, if the lightning win the cup and Brandon Hagel wins the con Smythe, I'll shave my hair. Yeah, I, I will too. I will too. We're going to put right, that, right. we're going to put that right there. We'll go bald. Brandon Hagel wins the con Smythe. We're both going buzz cut. Yeah, and, and we'll and we'll put it out on our Instagrams too. We will. Yeah. Um, and we'll and we'll, you know what? We'll boost that post. <laughs> we'll boost that post. Um, just to uh, just to prove a point. But um, the other keys for the um, Lightning here, I'll swoop in and put them down. They need to shut down Matthews, Marner, and Nylander oh, and yeah. Tavares. Whether those players do that for themselves and they just make it easy on the Lightning, that remains to be seen. Um, last year, that was the case. They just didn't do anything. Um, but I think that's the other key, you know, just make sure that that top six and 60 goal scoring Austin Matthews is not getting a lot of shots on net. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of Austin Matthews, the guy recently hit 60 goals. And in my opinion, the call or the, the, uh, commentator when, when he scored his 60th, one of the coldest calls this season because he had the puck, he had it in the pocket and I can't remember what exactly the commentator said, but he basically said, here it comes before he even shot, he shoots, gets the 60th. My opinion, that's one of the top calls this season. That's Um, pretty neat. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so it'll, it'll definitely, definitely be interesting to see. Uh, Obviously if Matthews can get going in the playoffs, that's huge for them, you know. He that's can, their key. They yeah, need. Put they need so those guys. Goals. Marner and Matthews have to be crisp. Yeah. Um, and Tavares and Nylander have to be working on the sides. And ideally, you'd want to see Kasperi Kapanen do his thing to Kerfoot and all the rest. Um, in in essence, their star players have to be their star players in the playoffs. You need. Yeah. That's when it counts. That's when you're paid. You're not paid um, to go through the regular season breaking records. You're paid. To win in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, though, is I'm gonna go out here and say even if Matthews, Marner, Nyland are 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 playing well, yes, do I think that they can take one, two, maybe force it to seven? But the thing is, is what's gonna what what Tampa Bay has going in their favor so much right now is experience and defense, you know, and, and goaltending because I you know Vasilevsky. He hasn't put up, you know, he's not like hasn't put up Vesna numbers, but we know what Vasilevsky can do in the playoffs. He's been solid all year. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't been bad by any means. Um, but you can't, you just can't bet against Vasilevsky, and you know the the team's defense is is just so good and experienced at this point. So that's where I really think that the Lightning have over the Leafs because I, I it's hard to say their offensive matchup is is similar you know i just think they have more depth in, in, the, in the lightning organization um yeah i i agree with that too yeah um though there are some um notable toronto players 
who are going to be difference makers in this series for trying to win. Obviously, Michael Bunting, mm-hmm. um, he's a rookie this year. He needs to be good. Um, and then you're looking at other players like um, Pierre Engvall, Kerfoot, as I mentioned. Um, Spets' leadership is going to be super huge here. Same with Wayne Simmons. If Simmons can go out hitting people, that's going to be important. And then, of course, the two big guns on defense, um, Jake Musson and um, Mark Giordano. They, they have to be very, very, very good. I can't express yeah. how good they need to be for that defense to hold up against the offense like the Lightnings. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, it'll be really curious to see. I mean, had, had the Leafs had a different opponent, you could maybe argue they could have yeah, I think this one's the Leafs are going to be tested here for sure, and it really would not surprise yeah. me for another. And if they time. lose, I mean, the curse of the first round continues. Um, the media is going to go bananas. They're going to start yelling at every player. Um, in essence, they need to solve Vasilevsky in the series and win um, in order for things to not be a dumpster fire. If, if they can say we got past the first round and then we were topped by the President's Trophy winners then there's more there's a little bit more of a of a i guess leniency towards them because at least they did something they broke a record um or at least they made history for the team but uh that one's interesting that one that's that's just gonna be a really fun fun series to watch yeah Um, definitely i mean there's so much talent between those two teams and just it's gonna be fun to watch even though i really don't have a whole lot of inclinations towards either of those teams i think i'll i'll tune into some of those just because mm-hmm. you know it's such a headlining matchup you know yeah and uh now it's time to head over to what i think is one of the other best series ahead of us i mean there are a lot of good matchups i like this year's matchups um and that's blues and wild yeah. i think the st louis blues will top the wild in six or seven um i think you have a bit of a different opinion than yeah i I, I went on the opposite end. I think the Wild will take it in seven. So uh, the thing we agree with here is that it's going to be close. It's going to be six or seven games. Uh, now who comes out on top is what we, we kind of disagree on here. But I, I think it's really interesting because, yeah, this is going to be a close series. Like any way you spin it, it's going to be close. Uh, the Blues have taken the season series 3 nothing, But, you know, for me, season series... It's important, but you can't like base your entire prediction off of it because also you have to remember too, the Wild currently have Marc-Andre Fleury in net. And I don't know how many of the Blues games were... Um, were, were yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, um, but, uh, but regardless, I'm pretty sure I can confidently say that at least a few of those weren't. Yeah. So... Yeah, and Flurry play. You know, he hasn't had the greatest season, but he spent most of his season in Chicago. So I don't know if you can really blame him. But playoff Flurry, different beast. Uh, he's one of those goaltenders that it's it's hard to bet against him. Um, so yeah, the keys for the Blues here, uh, which we'll start off with. Uh, the first one's going to be shutting down the Wild star talent. You know, they've we we've talked about this before, uh, but you know. They they do definitely do have some strong players up front and you know, players like Fiala, Kaprizov, and and the young uh, Matthew Boldy. So you know, definitely shutting those guys down is is going to be key for them. Uh, as we've stated before, the Wild don't have the best depth in the playoffs. Um, so you know, this it, year could be different because they've yeah. added quite a lot this year and they have a pretty true. solid squad. True. 
So we'll see. We'll see how it goes for sure. Um, the second key for the Blues is going to be to uh, just stretch the game and prevent the Wild from hitting, uh, because that's the other thing right now is that the Wild have a decent number of guys uh, that like to throw the body around. You know, you got Jordan Greenway, uh, Marcus Foligno, Matt Dumba. So, you know, the Blues are going to want to try and, and shy away a little bit from that physical game. Because try? Do they have to? Do you... <laughs> Bro, bro, think about what that team has. They that have true, so yeah. many hitters. Just thinking through this, they have Greenway, as you said, Felino, Dumba, Delorier, Duhame, Erickson, Eck, even Kaprizov hits. Like, what yeah. do you like, like? That's a bananas lineup in terms of hitting. I just don't understand how any team is going to be excited to, to see those faces on the opposite side. Like those guys. If you look at them. And I, I got—I was fortunate enough to watch the Wild here in in DC, and they're huge. They're—they're yeah. they're the <laughs> biggest team I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's—it's it's definitely a, a scary, scary team to go up against for sure. So yeah, the Blues are going to want to have to to not allow that. Um, and then the last thing for the Blues is going to be going to want to find a way to beat Mark Andre Fleury because you know. What is it? He's on his 16th straight playoff year, something like that. Yeah, I think so. The man has experience, you know, one of the greatest goaltenders of our generation for sure. Mm-hmm. So, it's not the best. No, yeah, exactly. yeah, you could definitely only, make an argument. There's only one guy who I put over him, and that's the king, Hank, but, you know. Yeah, so, you know, definitely here. But but the one thing I would say Flurry has over Hank is playoff experience. Yeah, I mean, he has, so, he has the rings. Yeah, so... so you know, you're going to want to find a way to beat him. He's not, I mean, you know, obviously he, he, you know, he can be beaten, but it's, it's definitely not not just him. You have to figure out a way to solve Cam Talbot too, because they have, they have a one, two punch, right? And not even, I'm not going to call it a one, two punch. I'll say one, a one B. And they have utter faith in him, enough faith in Cam Talbot. They sold Kapo Kakanen way. Yeah. Um, Which is still a very interesting move to me, but. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was thinking that Kapo would be the, uh, that would be the young guy trained by Fleury. Um, that's actually yeah. what I heard from a lot of wild fans after the game in DC where they hosed us. Um, like it was like six, one or something sad. <laughs> um, not that I expected something different. Um, yeah. And uh, they were just saying that they, they, they thought it was a bit of a shock for the wild to be going all in now, but uh, perhaps Billy Garen knows what he's doing more than the rest of us. I mean, he is an NHL GM. Um, yeah. One might think that he knows something. Um <laughs> It's, there's potential, but uh, yeah. Um, do you want to head into these keys for the wild, or do you want me to take them? Yeah, I can. I can uh, cover those. So the first key for the wild, like we already touched on, you're gonna want to beat down on the Blues physically because you got you got such a strong uh, roster in terms of uh, hitting and playing the body. So you're gonna want to do that because you can easily, you know, if you just hit, 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 you're gonna wear down this Blues team, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to, you know, to keep things going. Um, yeah, the, the second key for them is going to be, they're going to want to control the pace, uh, because like, like we said, the wild do have some, some pretty fast guys up front. So, you know, you, you're going to want to give them room and just allow them to use that speed and talent. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the third key here is going to be to get into Jordan Bennington's head. You know, because we we have seen he is a little bit of an emotional goaltender, a little bit. 
Um, so, you know, if you can beat him early, especially open up strongly in games one and two, uh, which I'm trying to think here, it was so close. Which team actually has home ice advantage here? Oh, the wild do the wild do. Um, yeah. I have a question. Am I, am I stupid in believing that last year, Jordan Bennington swung a stick at a shark's goaltender? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was referencing. Right? Or, or the, um, <laughs> he did do that. Yeah. Or the, the, the punches or the temperature. He's just a very emotional guy, as you said. I don't want to say that he Which is not necessarily but. a bad thing. If you go on a good streak, you're going to be rolling. But on the flip side, if you start losing, it's it's hard to, to, yeah. to find your ground um, again. He's just, yeah, as, as I said, I don't want to call him like a childish because he obviously isn't. He's very talented and he's a very um, professional guy. Yeah. But, uh, it's a style, really. You he know? It's he a shows style his emotions. Guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and that can be good, as you said. That can be bad. Um, but yeah, if they if they get in his head early, I think that's a great way to bring down the goaltending. But then there's Billy Huso, and uh, some people think he might be starting this series, which is not a bad prediction. But I don't know yeah, if I'm. It's I don't definitely know interesting that. to see who they'll start. I mean, in my opinion, I'd go with Bennington. But I mean, yeah, you never know. You no, know, I I know a big, big sort of thought within the sort of NHL is you ride the hot hand. So, you know, Billy Huso, yeah, you could definitely say he's been playing better than Bennington recently, so maybe that's who they go with. But it'd be really interesting to see. I can't remember if this one starts on Monday or Tuesday, but it'll definitely be definitely be uh, uh, intriguing to see who's, who's going to start there. Uh, and then the last key, which we'll move on to for the Wild, is you're going to want to uh, find a matchup that presents Kaprizov from being shut down by O'Reilly. Because as we know, uh, O'Reilly is one of the best two-way defensive forwards in the league, and he has the capability to shut down Kaprizov. So you're going to want to, I mean, a lot of that's coaching, but also just, you know, you're also hoping that Kaprizov can sort of find a game where he's not going to be as strongly affected by that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, as we said, this should be a great matchup to watch. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, and I don't know. Let's let's stay in the West here, um, because there's another great matchup that I think we can go through here. Um, Flames and Dallas, um, the matchup that could have been different um, a day ago when the uh, <laughs> National Predators um, sank themselves into a hole by losing uh, to the Arizona Coyotes, um, uh, and uh, Calgary won this series um, in the regular season two zero and one, and because of that, and because of where Calgary sits in the standings, I see them just demolishing Dallas in five. I think I think Dallas can get a game off. Yeah, I largely agree with that. I think, you know, Calgary's been a really good team this year. They've added to their offense, which is good because for a while, they're one of those oddball teams where, like, they played defensively so well, but they just didn't have the offense to go with it. But this year, I feel like their offense has actually done much, much better. I mean, they, they've they had a lot of guys that are just strangely under the radar. I mean, Elias Lindholm put up a 40-goal season. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, 100 points. I believe he all, Yeah, yeah. And I believe he also had 40 goals. Yeah. Um, and then, you know... Uh, and then they have heart candidate Goodrow. And yeah. some people don't think he is but that man is absolutely deserving of a heart trophy. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about the flames offense. I feel like it's just been a little flown under the radar recently. Um, for sure. Um, actually, let me hop in just to correct myself. Um, Goodrow should be in the race for the heart trophy, not saying he should win it. Um, don't yeah. come for me in the comments, please. Um, don't, don't clip it. Don't clip it guys. This isn't <laughs> Twitch. Don't end my life. <laughs> 
so yeah, this is going to be a very interesting series for sure. Uh, I'm going to start out here with the keys for the Calgary Flames. Um, and the first thing, like we mentioned with those forwards, is you're going to want to use that speed because they've got they've got such high end forwards at this point that you really really want to use that talent. It's going to just you know it's going to help so much. Uh, for them, especially because they can be the Calgary Flames are a pretty trusted teams in terms of defense. I mean, you know, they're they're known to be a very strong defensive team. Um, so you just want to score goals to complement that. I mean, it sounds it might sound dumb. It might sound simple, but, you know, so just kind of the way it breaks down with this one. Um, and the second thing is going to be to neutralize Dallas's top six, uh, because that's the thing is Dallas has. You know, they have some decent uh, guys in their top six. I mean, you got the likes of Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, 40-goal scorer Jason Robertson, which is just insane how many 40-goal scorers there are um, this season. But, yeah, you're really going to want to shut those guys down uh, because, as we've seen this season, they have the potential to to do some damage. Uh, and then the last thing is just going to be to just pepper the, pepper the goal. I mean, you know, you're going to want to put shots – put shots on the Dallas net and, you know, cause like, like we said, this is this Calgary flames team, um, is known to be good defensively. So, you know, you just, you want to have the offense to complement that. Yeah, sure. And, uh, I can cover the keys for Dallas. Um, so not putting Calgary on the power play, they have, I think one of the best power plays in the league, if not the best one, um, it'd be a shame to go out on the power play, um, and the next part is outmatching Calgary's top six, um, excuse me, bottom six. I don't think they can outmatch the top six, but if you can be better in the bottom six, then you have a chance. And then also they need to get some offensive production from defense. It can't just be Haskin and, and Klingberg. Klingberg and um, those two guys do need to show up. And the last piece is good, good goaltending. If um, Ottinger can be an absolute rock and net and just destroy um whoever's on the opposite side, um, then I think that Dallas has more of a shot than um, I'm giving them. Um, then I think that they can probably extend the series. Um, and Murr, this is the team that beat Colorado largely. There's not too many people who are gone. There still is Sagan, um, among others, Pavelski, uh, um, Jamie Benn, um, as we said, Haskinen, Klingberg, um, Rube Hintz, so this this could be a pretty interesting matchup, um, depending on how you slice it. But even I think that this is a quick one over and out. Yeah, I, I do largely think it's the, that the Flames are just, it's hard to stop them. They're rolling right now. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to go back yeah. east or do you want to stay in the yeah. west? Yeah, so let's, uh, let's, flip, let's flip back over east real quick. Uh, we're going to hit another one that is going to be close, in my opinion. And that is uh, the Rangers versus the penguins so i'm gonna start off with my prediction here my prediction curveball at me i thought we were going to carolina boston <laughs> i was like i thought we were just going like down the row of matchups i just got oh my, <laughs> wow i just got absolutely faked by my own podcast co-host we, we like i like to keep you on your toes here you know yeah that's good um <laughs> i was i was uh i was settling into things too much here <laughs> Um, yeah, so my prediction for this series is that the Rangers are going to beat Pittsburgh in seven. Yeah, I'm on the flip side. I say Pitt wins in seven. Yeah. So 
Either way you spin it, it's going to be close. I think uh, both of these teams have been pretty good this season, and there's definitely you can definitely make arguments for the both of them to take it. So uh, I I kind of understand here the little bit of uh, discrepancy. Um, yeah. So for this regular season series, uh, the Rangers did take it three to one. Um, and so to start with the 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 Rangers here, we're going to start off with their keys to this series. Um, the first one and most important one for them, just keep your fingers crossed that Shesterkin's going to continue to play well. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, the Rangers currently have the second best goals against per game. Uh, but if you look at their expected goals against per game, uh, it's pretty clear that Shesterkin is doing a lot of work defensively. And to say a lot of work would honestly still be an understatement. There's no, there's not much if any experience on that defensive core beyond <laughs> Truba. Um, um, who's the other one? Uh, Fox. I, I, not to like say who's the other one. Like, oh, who is that? No, I know who Fox is. I'm just going through it in my brain, guys. Um, and then Keandre Miller. Beyond that, most of their guys have played under 30 games this season. Um, Nemeth had a few. He had like 68 or something, but he didn't put up much production. So they're really relying on Chesterkin. Fox and Truba to, to get the job done on the defensive end. And then I guess they want to see good back checking. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and yeah, so that pretty much covers our second key there, which is, you know, the defense has to hold up, you know, defense, like I say, defense wins championships. And if you're going against that offense that Pittsburgh can, can threaten you with, you know, you're going to need to shut that down. And that's, you know, it, it's definitely going to be close but I think that's that's the Rangers' biggest concern is that defense core. Um, but yeah, and then moving on to the last key for the Rangers here is they need offense from you know everybody. They they did a good job of bringing in some uh, some good good forwards uh, at the trade deadline, but you know you're gonna want all of those guys to contribute. And you know I I think we said previously that we thought the Rangers and Panthers had won the trade deadline, and I largely still think that that's true, um, but you know, you really want to see it now. You want to see it in action. You want to see, you know, you you want it to be justified as to why New York did so much during that trade deadline. Absolutely, I'd want to see Andrew Cop be an absolute force of nature. Um, this is the series where if he can match up against his guys, then it's going to work out. Because if you look at the, um, I'm going to get into the keys for Pittsburgh here, but if you look into the Pittsburgh offense, you have Crosby, Malkin, Kensel, Russ, Rodriguez, um, and so many others in that top top six and top nine group. And that's really hard to deal with. You can say, all right, Crosby, his line, him and Gensel, um, or whoever he's playing with, maybe it's Rust. Maybe you think that, uh, or even both. Maybe you think that uh, Artemi Panarin um, and Ryan Strom, or if they go as Benajad and Strom, they can knock those two out. And then you think maybe Malkin, um, and Zabinajad or Strom or whoever it is can get matched up. But either way, you want to make sure that Kreider, um, Zabinajad, Panarin, Strom, Buchnevich, Kopp all really dig in and take take to task those guys on the opposite side because they have experience. You have, you have guys who have won several cups and a ton of them on this roster. And of course, you have a ton of youth too. So for Pittsburgh that offensive core just needs to be better than the guys on the other side, which they more than have the talent to do. Um, what do you think about those two offenses? Since um, they are interesting to look at 
since they put up a lot of similar production, yet get it from very different sources. Yeah, I think honestly, I think that they're they're Pittsburgh uh, statistically, I believe, has the better offense. But you know, it's it's close. I think um, if you you put Pittsburgh against the post deadline Rangers team, I think it's definitely close. I mean, you know, both of them have a decent amount of depth to them, um, and they also have that high end talent. I mean, you know, with Pittsburgh, obviously, you know, you've got your Crosby, Malkin. Uh, but, you know, on the Rangers, you've got guys like Kreider, who put up, was it, 52, 53 goals this year? Uh, obviously, you've got Panarin, and you've got Zibanejad. So, you know, it's it's definitely, they both have very well-rounded out offensive cores, in my opinion. I just realized something. I said Kisper yeah. Captain was still on the Leafs. Oh, that's right. He's <laughs> he's not. He's He's on the Pens. Ignore yeah, that. That's um, right. he is. There's other depth for the Leafs that need to that need to be good. Um, so ignore me saying that. Uh, if you got this far and you're yelling at me, I'm sorry. <laughs> we it's make a, mistakes too. It is difficult exactly. to 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 keep track of all these players. And then just to mention some names that uh, I somehow forgot when it comes to these uh, Penguins top six. I just feel like I should mention this. Um, there's Ricard Raquel who just came in. Jason Zucker. Um, I don't want to forget um, Jeff Carter himself. Um, and Brock McGinn is also a big part of that too. He's not bad. And um, yeah, I just figured that. And Danton Heinen's another one. So I just figured I should probably mention those guys along with Teddy Bluger, just because there's a lot of guys there that I, I didn't say. So I need to apologize for. Yeah. Um Along, yeah, another thing that's really interesting with Pittsburgh is Tristan Jari is out. He's uh he's injured right now, so that 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 could present some issues for Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, I agree. Smith has not been as good. Um, he's been fairly decent. Um, he has uh twenty six games played, uh, twenty four games started, eleven wins, six losses. Um. And uh, ties plus overtime are five, but uh, he hasn't been the same goaltender as Tristan Jari. Jari's played a lot more games. He has the higher save percentage, lower goals against average. Um, so that's an interesting situation. Um, and that, that that really leads me to my keys for um, Pittsburgh, which is their defense has to be good. They have great players in Dumoulin, Latang, Marino, and others, but those guys need to be on the top of their game or else this could get hairy for them. Because as we said, the Rangers don't have a slouching offense. They have a very good core. Um, but if they can overwhelm the Rangers, which is my final key, then uh, things can work out well because at the end of the day, you get enough bodies in front of Shesterkin. You get enough shots on net. You constantly hammer home um, all of the keys in terms of neutral zone movement and breaking out and good power plays and whatnot. Eventually, I think the Rangers will crack and Really, you and I said that this game goes to seven. This the series goes to seven, excuse me. The caveat for that is what if Shesterkin doesn't play well? If Shesterkin doesn't play well, I don't think that the series is even close. I think the Rangers are going to get swept. Yeah. Um, uh, well, mm, I don't know about swept. I think uh, I don't think they have they have three defensemen to really take on yeah. what what in uh, well, I guess seven seven six years ago was yeah. perhaps the best team in hockey. So you're really looking at a situation that Igor has to be his best. Shesterkin mm-hmm. needs to be 
unbelievably capable this season or this is going to be quick. That's yeah. just that's the way no, I see I, it. No, I, I agree with you largely on that. I think, yeah, if Shesterkin is playing just not at the same level he's been playing at, yeah, no, Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm going to switch and say Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh definitely takes this one. I don't know about I don't know about sweep the Rangers, uh, but definitely five or five or maybe six, uh, you know, because Pittsburgh just they have that playoff experience. So, you know, whereas New York doesn't, I think the the hope that New York here has, if Shusterkin doesn't play at his best, is just to outscore their problems, you know, because which you can do, yeah, which which you can do, but. It's you know it's it's definitely gonna be it's a hard road ahead, um, yeah. especially with the roster they have. Um, that Capitals defense back in 2018 was much better than it is now, yeah. so they could at least outscore the problem somewhat. It's mm-hmm. not a defense to back them up. I don't think the Rangers have as good of a team. Um, maybe younger, maybe a little bit better, but they're missing a lot of players that uh, the yeah. Caps had. They're, they also seem to be missing a little bit of a veteran presence, in my opinion. I think I, so I think... too. Pittsburgh has has age, which you know sometimes and good or bad thing. Young but guys have won cups. On, on Pittsburgh or the Rangers? Uh, on on the um, Pittsburgh team, there's a, a lot of their young guys have won cups. A lot of them yeah. came in in 2016, 2017. That's true. So That's they've true. only been here for six years, and that means that they have won maybe even two cups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at guys like Jake Gensel, for example, mm-hmm. you know he's he's young, but he has cups under his belt. So. Um, yeah, so uh, moving on to another fun uh, Eastern Conference matchup. Bro, absolutely just faked me out again. I went west. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! We can hit honestly. We can hit west if you if, um, uh, if you want to hit that. No, nah, let's go. We let's have, stay in the east. We have let's two more, in. right? Yeah, two more. Let's stay in okay. the east. We can. I don't have to scroll as much then. Okay, so uh, this one. I I'm gonna hold my comments on some of this because I'm a little biased, um, but yeah, we're going with Carolina versus Boston, and it seems that we are both in agreement with how this one's gonna play out, and that is we both are predicting that Carolina takes this one in six. So before we get into the keys, which I'll let Ahan take, I just wanted to say one little thing about the season series, and like I said, the season series, it's it's your best sort of view at the two teams head-to-head this season but the playoffs are just such a different beast that you can't you can't put too much weight on it but this is kind of interesting to take a look at this season series here because Carolina took it three and oh and in those three games they had a plus 15 goal differential so in that span Carolina scored 16 goals and only allowed one Boston goal so which is remarkable yeah, so like I said, you know, teams tend to, to kick it into high gear over the playoffs, so you never know. But that's that's lopsided enough where I felt like it was actually, you know, kind of important to bring up. Uh, yeah, so I'll let you hit the uh, the keys here for, for both teams. Yeah, sure. I'll start with the um, Bruins here. Um, as you know, the Bruins are the Bruins, which means you can't bet against them in the playoffs, or at least it's hard to. They have a team that's constantly in the playoffs, constantly in the top, um top group of the league they're always going pretty deep if not winning um well i'm not gonna say if not winning but they get fairly deep they get to the finals um they've gone to the finals more than a few times in the last decade um and they're usually in the second or third round that's usually when they go out 
Um, and so for them, they need to out hit the Canes. That's a big thing. They hit a lot more than the Canes do. Uh, I think almost 400 times more um, this season they've hit. So that's a big part. And the next thing is winning in the faceoff dot. As you know, they don't have David Krejci anymore, which means that um, Patrice Bergeron, Patrice Bergeron among, among others, needs to be a very, very good faceoff guy. And he is. Um, so they need to see a lot of that. And um, and remember on the Canes, you're going up the likes like up against the likes of Jordan Stahl, who is one of the top faceoff guys in the NHL. Yeah, that's that's and, pretty much why that guy was drafted. It, it was yeah. to it was to basically dominate um faceoffs. Mm-hmm. So um and I'm just looking at uh some of these stats here. Um for for Boston in general, um what they need to do is they need to get a lot of good goaltending. Um they don't have Tuka Rask anymore. Um, which means that they're relying on their young tandem, um, which I think can work. I think that their goaltending and Jeremy Swayman and who's the other one? It was the one who was in uh, in uh, Buffalo last year. I'm blanking on Allmark, his name. Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark. I, yeah, if they can do if they can if they can really be good, then you've got it's a chance. actually it's up in the air which one of them is going to start. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't think you can pick some some wrong with uh with those two with how good yeah. they've been all season and you know that with their with their love for each other that it should be pretty okay in terms of the locker room culture since that is something that happens um they also need to take the fountain of youth potion um those that perfection line just has to be dynamic they have to be as good as they have been in years past because um they had a lot of injuries there guys have not played the full 82 games and uh, you're really looking at um at Eric Howla, among others, to, to do a lot of good work in the faceoff dot um, when needed. Chris Bergeron, of course. Um, and then beyond that, there's Thomas Nosick um, and, uh, and legendary um, faceoff dot commander Nick Foligno. Um, so they just have to be good. They have to, they have to get good goaltending. They have to get offense out of players like Craig Smith, Jake DeBrusque, um, and all those players that they've traded for, um, there can't be, there can't be any lapses in how they play. Um, they just, they just can't afford that. And they need players like, um, Hampus Lindholm to shore up that defense. Cause they don't have a very good defense anymore. In my opinion, they lost a lot. Um, Matt Grizzlick too, he has to be really, really capable defensively. And he has to make sure that, um, honestly, to a, to a small degree, he needs to hit even more than he already does to, to make this team even more difficult to play against. Taylor Hall, of course, has to get hot. But I'm, I'm sort of rambling here, but it's just obvious for the Bruins that a lot of things need to go well for them. They have to dominate possession. They have to get good scoring from everyone, in particular their defense. They need that. They need. They just need to dominate the Canes in every metric um, to really have a chance because the Canes are so good everywhere that you only really need um, a few shifts here and there to win. Um, do you want to take the keys for the Canes or do you want me to handle that? Yeah, I can, I can take that. Um, yeah. So the first one is obviously, you know, like we touched on just a second ago, you're going to want to break that perfection line. You know, that line has, uh, to say troubled the Canes in the past, it would be an understatement, uh, for, for reference, uh, the Boston Bruins eliminated the Hurricanes in both 2019 and 2020. Uh, the Hurricanes were swept by them in 2019 and they lost in five in 2020. So, you know, there's definitely a lot that the Canes here have that they want to prove, you know, they don't want to lose to Boston for a third time. Um, so yeah, you know, 
shutting down that perfection line is going to be a big, big thing. Uh, you know, the second thing is going to be depth scoring for them. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, they've got those top guys, you know, they've got Sveshnikov, Teravina, and Nita Ryder. Uh, but, you know, there also needs to be some scoring from some of that bottom six, too. You know, if you look at guys like Kokanyemi, Jordan Stahl, Jesper Faust, guys like that. And, oh, also uh, trade deadline acquisition, Max Domi. You know, you're, you're looking at production from, from that bottom six as well. Because, in my opinion, I think that the Canes have better depth than the Bruins. So, I think that... You know, if that depth, yeah, if that depth gets rolling, I think that that really does a lot for them. But the stars uh, aren't as proven. That's the that's the big part. The stars um, of the of the Canes are not as proven as that is true. The, I agree. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, and and the Canes, they're a young team, and you know, as a Hurricanes fan, <laughs> um, you know, I'm a, I'm excited for what they have also in the future. You know, obviously, I, I believe that the cup window for the Canes is opening now but i think it opened I, just last year i think that's when, yeah but well, i think that, against that capital series um where they lost um maybe second round or first round um they, a few years back uh wait sorry which series now where they played the capitals yeah they beat the capitals in seven yeah i think it's that series where where their window really began to open yeah um but the thing is is all their stars are just so young right now so you know, it's, it's exciting to see what they have going on for the future as well. Um, but yeah, moving on to our last key here is going to be to pepper the Bruins goaltending. Uh, the Canes are one of the best, you know, they, they put on a lot of shots per game. That's one thing that they're known for. Uh, you know, sometimes it's frustrating when you triple a team shot and still shot count and still lose. Uh, where I'm not going to talk about that, but um, definitely to keep those shots up and keep the offensive pressure running is going to be really good uh, for, for trying to beat the Bruins here. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Um, no, I think you covered it. Um, should be an exciting series. Um, yeah. And uh, I think I want to go on and introduce our final one um, of uh, the first round. Um, at least this is the final one, right? We're yes, not missing this is the final one. Oilers, Kings. I think that this goes to seven. I think the Oilers beat the Kings in seven, but it could go the other way. And a small part of me wants it to go the other way. I want to see Edmonton on fire. Not like literally, I just want to see their media lose it. I want to see, I want to see the Edmonton Oilers franchise just go into absolute panic mode. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in agreement here. I think the Oilers will take it in seven but again yeah it's it could go either way i i i don't feel strongly that the oilers will take it um however i will say on the flip side as fun as it would be to see the entire city of edmonton like go into chaos think about this you know because i think it's likely calgary makes it out of the first round oilers flames second round that would be so fun to watch yeah that would be an intense. That'd be that'd be the most intense series of maybe the entire playoffs, other than the Cup Finals. Yeah, it would just be. I mean, because we've seen what those two teams do to each other. Although honestly, I don't feel like that rivalry heated up as much this season. But it no, will definitely so. return if it's under a playoff format. No, I think this season it was a little bit calmer. Um, but that's because I didn't really focus on. I wasn't really listening and tuning into the Pacific Division as much. Yeah, um, I was more focused on um, the Central and uh, Metropolitan. Yeah, um, but uh, 
pretty fun, pretty fun series to look at and think about as theoretical. Again, we could get a lot of good matches, right? You could mm-hmm. get a Battle of Florida again in the East. I would um, love to see actually a Battle of Florida be again because um, that one went to seven last year. Ah, it so. could easily go to seven again, and mm-hmm. it would be so much fun to watch. If only the Islanders had beaten the um had had beaten uh I guess not beaten anyone, but been better all season, just had more luck to start. We could have had such a fun matchup. We could have had the Battle of uh, New York, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so do, do you want to start off with the keys, or do you want me to get into them? Yeah, I'll start off with the keys here. So for the uh, for the Oilers here, uh, the first key, which I think is going to be the biggest, is you're going to want offensive production from more than just your top six. Because obviously we know that the Oilers, they have, you know – Decent players on their top six, you know, Some a guy okay named Connor teams. McDavid. Might have uh, heard of him. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, he he can he can skate. Um, but yeah, but beyond that, I'm not confident. You're not gonna mention the other one? Oh <laughs> yeah, and and dry saddle, of course. You know, how could we forget? Um but other beyond the two of them and obviously some of the other guys, you know, you can't you know, you can't count out guys like Zach Hyman and you There's know Arnage. But yeah, and 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 Evander Kane. <laughs> there's a there's yes, twenty goal RV. scorer Evander Kane. Dude, dude is absolutely tearing it up in yeah. um out out in Western Canada right now. <laughs> He's living life as he wanted to. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's there's a few names on there. Um, I'll drop a few. As we said, McJesus. <laughs> excuse me, McNavid. Uh, I didn't say anything. Um, Drysital. Uh, there's Kane. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, Jesse Pugliarvi, Kayla Yamamoto. Those are the big ones that, that you're looking at for a lot of production here. Um, do you want to continue with those uh, keys? Yeah. Um, so I, I think obviously the big thing is just to get, you know, that depth scoring. Cause I'm not as confident. I'm not super confident in Edmonton's depth. Um, the second thing is going to be good. You know, you're going to, obviously you're going to want good goaltending. I think their goaltending has been, all right not as bad as it was last year because last year was not good it's been much better as the season's gone through it that's true pretty bad I, I, I agree with that yeah and now yeah, mike smith looks really good yeah it's yeah mike smith has been looking good i think it's all right it's not great but it's not you don't have that much faith in them. From i just don't have year. faith in them but like yeah they could do it you know they're two very good athletes and very good players yeah uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It'll be interesting to see, you know, I, you know, just goalies sometimes just start to get hot at the right times. Maybe Mike Smith is just starting to, to peak right now. Um, but you know, who knows? Uh, so yeah, the last key for the Oilers is you're just going to want to sort of dominate, uh, the younger Kings players because, you know, especially their defense, uh, the Kings have a young team, you know, I'm honestly a little surprised that they did as well as they did this season i mean i thought they were going to do good but i was thinking maybe them more being a, a bubble team or a wild card team but uh you know the fact they made it this far is uh you know it's good for them uh but on the same flip side you know you've got obviously those guys that you know were part of the the king's cup runs uh, several years ago but so much of that team is so different now and doesn't have the same playoff experience. So, you know, if you're if you're on the Oilers, you're going to want to take advantage of that. And I think that's that's going to be really important for them to do. 
Yeah, and I'll take it for the Kings here. Um, first thing is shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um, you know that, that that duo, whether they're on an overtime together or it's the power play, whether they're just separate, they they need to be shut down. And the onus on that is going to be on Anze Kopitar and Deneau. Um, Deneau was brought in this season for his passing ability and for his incredible shutdown ability. He was the one that really shut down that entire Leafs offense that Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, Marner uh, combinations that they had. Um, so he's going to need to be big in the series. They have to be able to combat McDavid Dreisaitl's one-two punch with the Kopitar Deneau one-two punch. Personally, I'd want Kopitar and McDavid just because Kopitar is pretty physical um, and maybe Dreisaitl is not as um, – sorry, excuse me, yeah. Dreisaitl might not be able um, – he might be able to shoulder Kopitar better than McDavid could just because McDavid is um, – not as big as uh, um, Dreisaitl um, and doesn't hit a lot. That's not part of his game. Um, and then you have to have very good defense. Um, and that's been a theme throughout the playoffs. Defense is so important, um, especially for these teams that don't have the talent to outscore everyone. So um, that young defense has to emerge and they have to show that this is their time. And then the one thing that they're very good at, these Kings teams are controlling the faceoff dot and they need to do that here. If they can maintain possession then it makes it so much harder for the Oilers to set up and get something going. And the, in general, I'm excited to see the young guns play. Um, I think that is a key that I, that I didn't write down, but I want to mention if Rasmus Kapari, Quinton Byfield, um, Trevor Moore, he's on the younger side, um, Arthur Kaliev, um, among others, if they can emerge here and show themselves as, as an incredible um, new guard for this uh, Kings, Kings organization, then I think they have a real chance because there's a lot of youth and those guys have a lot of talent. So it should be interesting to watch. And um, one thing that I do like about the Kings though, is they have a lot of good depth in terms of um, veteran presence. They have Alex Edler um, among others. They have, uh, they have obviously cup winners in um, Anze Kopitar and uh, um, Drew Doughty. There's Dustin Brown and he's actually going to be retiring at the end of the season. So Big career shout outs to him. Um, incredible career. But uh, I think that kind of does it for this, this series. It should be really fun to watch. Do you have any last thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, that covers it pretty well. This one, again, I think will be a close one. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think that covers it pretty well. Yeah, and uh, with that, if you made it this far, I know it's a lot. Um, I think we're going to put in timestamps so you can go to the series that you want to talk about and listen to. Um, but uh, if you made it this far, Thank you so much for listening. Um, we're going to work hard to get a lot of playoff coverage for you all. Um, and uh, with that, um, Asians Talking Puck is out for this episode.